for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to our Giants beat writer Grant Brisby about the offseason acquisition hopes for the San Francisco Giants. They put together a nice offense last season, so much so that they were near the tops of the league throughout the middle of the season. Mike Yastrzemski, Brendan Belt both got MVP votes, and the Giants showed that they could pound with the best in the West. And so it's going to be all about pitching acquisition, it seems like, this offseason. So we'll pick Grant's brain about whether or not they'll be more invested in the reliever spot or in the starter spot and whether or not the Giants are likely to make a big splash. It's Monday, November 30th. My pleasure now to welcome in Grant Brisby. He covers the Giants here for The Athletic. And Grant, it's funny, I always think about you during the offseason because when you were at McCovey Chronicles, I'm a, a Giants honk, I love baseball, and I'm, I'm craving it in the offseason. And I remember sitting down one time and reading an article you wrote, and it started by you sort of like cracking a joke at the reader, saying, look at you in the, in the thralls of December, unshaven, crumbs on your face, looking for some Giants baseball news. And that's kind of what we're doing now. We're, we're right around Thanksgiving, and I need some Giants news, man. What's going on? If you're looking for baseball news right now, you're lost. You're a lost soul, and that's okay. That's like, hey, it's put a roof over my head. I enjoy you lost souls. It's it's what I need. Yeah, so it's it's good stuff. But uh, what's always fun is the rumor mill, right? Just kind of kicking stuff around and who could potentially end up a giant. And we haven't really seen this regime make a big splash, right? I know that Wilmer Flores was like the first multi-year deal that they signed a player to. They went out and they got guys who were projects, Drew Smiley and Kevin Gossman, and they've worked out. And Farhan said last week, hey, man, we don't have to have a guy who's necessarily injured or looking to resurrect his career to be a player that we want to sign. So I'm wondering for you, what position and maybe what types of players are at the top of your wish list for this offseason? I do think that rotation is a pretty urgent priority. If you're looking at the rotation right now, you're still counting on, you've got uh, Gossman at the top, you have Cueto, and then it gets a little murkier. you got maybe Tyler Anderson, Logan Webb, Andrew Suarez. You're not comfortable with any of that. So they're going to get at least one starter, maybe two, you know, maybe two shots in the dark, maybe someone a little bit more expensive who might be a little bit more reliable. But that's like a clear a one top priority. Other than that, you know, I'm looking for maybe another outfielder. They're just kind of making it this ambiguous uh, left-handed bat, you know, which could be anywhere. That's apparently one of their priorities. But to me, it's starting pitching, starting pitching, and then see if you can get a reliever or two and an outfielder or something like that. Yeah, pitching seems to be the top of the priority, just because it looks like they have a lot of hitters coming through the system in the next couple of years, and they prove that they could sort of put together a, a successful offense this past season. I'm wondering about the rotation, and I, I don't want to get deceived by the 60-game season they just had. Kevin Gosman was really good. All the metrics said he was really good, but again, it was 60 games. Drew Smiley just got a contract with the Braves off of like seven games that he played for the Giants and had a finger injury that cost him a lot of the season. So are we putting a lot of faith, you think, for these maybe project guys? You hear guys like Descalfani or Chris Archer, guys coming off of bad seasons who maybe we think – the Giants could resurrect. Are we putting a little bit too much weight into that? Or what's your take on sort of the the weighing the 60 games versus what could be a full season? Yeah, I think it's a, a really interesting offseason for this front office because they're going to be able to cut through the noise in a way that, you know, I'm not able to cut through. Uh, they're going to look at these guys and they're going to be able to tell what's real, what's not, what they're worried about, what they might not be worried about. And in a way, it, it helps the Giants. They have just a ton of one-year deals that they could consider. They have a ton of uh, bounce-back candidates who might be looking to rebuild their value the same way that Gaussman and Smiley did 
did and Drew Pomerantz did, all three of those guys got really rich by signing a one-year deal with the Giants. And people noticed that. Agents noticed that. Uh, free agents noticed that. So the Giants are going to have their pick if they want to go with the Chris Archer. They want to go with a, you know, a guy who might be looking to rebuild his value. The Giants are going to have their, their pick of those guys, and that, that benefits them. I sort of wonder what your thought is on the, the signing of a big reliever, because I was talking actually to Marcus Thompson of The Athletic uh, earlier today, and we were discussing Liam Hendricks and like if he'd be an interesting prospect for the Giants to go make a splash and sign him. Great closer, was a reliever of the year, again in 60 games last season for the A's, but he's been an all-star, and he's really kind of come on strong in the last two years in that closer spot. But in like historically, signing closers is really, Marcus Thompson actually compared it to, to Black Friday buying. You get all excited, you want to go get one, it makes everybody happy, and then you buy it, and you're like, did I really need this? Couldn't I have just made one myself? Like your, your Armando Benitez's and your Melanson's. What do you think about the signing of, of big-name closers and relievers? Oh, well, I'm writing about it right now, so I am prepared. I don't even need index cards. It's the grand unification theory of free agents. Why don't you want to spend money on free agents? Why don't you want to give a Mark Melanson contract, right? Is it because you're against the idea of giving money? No, it's not your money. You want the Giants to be in position to sign the players they need when they need them. And if you sign a reliever right now, the danger is that in 2022 or 2023, when the Giants might be better, those prospects are now major leaguers who you can count on and you need a second baseman and you can't afford the best of the market because you're paying Liam Hendricks this much like that's what you're worried about when you look at it the Giants next year they have 129 million committed to payroll in 2022 they have 14 million committed to payroll in 2023 they have 5 million committed to payroll so even if you're signing guys like Hendricks or George Springer or Trevor Bauer, it's probably not going to screw up the budget in 2022 and 2023. The idea is you're going to have prospects making the major league minimum or close to it. You're going to have, you know, even guys like Yastrzemski are going to be in arbitration and underpaid. There really is no budget crisis if you sign a premium guy and he flops. You can still kind of go out and pick and choose more free agents after that. So I'm not so sure that the same rules about free agent relievers and, and budgetary concerns apply to the Giants because they have so much money coming off the books. Yeah, it's a really good point. And it kind of makes me wonder about whether or not Farhan and, and Scott Harris have a, I assume every team does, a whiteboard up of years with players that you'd like to try to acquire right around free agency or at least somewhere in their head that they've talked about, you know, a couple of years down the road. We'd love to go after a Frankie Lindor if he becomes a free agent, though there's rumors he could be traded. Do you think they're more likely to go out and get someone in free agency because of the money thing that you just talked about relative to giving up some of this crop of young talent they have? So what they're going to be looking at is, do you think the player, player X in this offseason, is he likely to be the best player X in the next two offseasons? Or with Mookie Betts, you could project that far out. You could say, this guy's still going to be the best player. You know, if he were available in two years, he would probably still be the best player available. So we can feel comfortable signing him now as our big get and not have to worry about chasing one in 2022 or 2023 because this guy's going to hold his value. So if you're thinking the same thing about Lindor, if you're thinking the same thing about Trevor Bauer, shoot your shot now. But I'm just not sure if the Giants are thinking that about these guys, thinking that about George Springer. They might say, ah, you know, in two years, we have concerns that might affect this guy's value. He might still be good, but he might not be the perfect player for what we want in that free agency market. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
I was thinking back to that first offseason where Farhan gets hired and Bryce Harper was a free agent. And I wonder so much about them spending the time traveling to go see him, traveling to go talk to him. And, and obviously, Bryce Harper's not played out to be the best player or the best hitter in baseball. He's still one of the most feared power hitters. But I wonder about how much was Farhan's real interest in Bryce Harper relative to what we've seen now. Or was he just saying, you know, my new boss said, yeah, I really like this guy. You do what you want, but I, I really, really do like this guy. From everything that I've heard suggests that Farhan was on board. Like I don't know if it came from ownership, but Farhan was basically saying like, yeah, we're into this guy. And I think that speaks to that point that I just made where Harper was 25. He was going to be entering his age 26 season. He was not that much different than a prospect. He's going to be 28 next year. It's very reasonable to look at a guy like that and say... In four years, he still might be the best player you can get for this amount of money. In five years, six years. You know, the defense was a concern. The last two years, his defense has been fine, according to the advanced metrics. And he's been a pretty darn good player. I mean, he he was pretty good, you know, other than batting average for the 2020 Phillies. So I think he had a lot to do with that. I think that's one of those players, those special players. If you can get a Trout, a Betts, a Harper, and they're young and you can project forward... Go for it. And I think that's the Giants' plan. I just don't know if there are any of those players out there or coming available soon. And the ones that are would be the ones that you'd have to go get via trade. And you'd probably have to give up one of your guys, uh, like a Hunter Bishop or a Luciano or something, to go get a, a player like a Carlos Correa or a Blake Snell, these guys who are under contract or team control for a number of years. Yeah, absolutely. And you sort of have to consider that, especially with Betts. I mean, you saw it with last year. You're thinking, okay, Betts is a rental. The Giants aren't going to want to give up their best prospects for a rental. Well, you know, if they did, do they sign Betts? Do they have their guy? Do they do they have that target now and they can worry about building a team around him? It might have been worth Joey Bart. I mean, you know, it's easy to say that now that we got to look saw at a Bart. Bit, yeah, you know, and he wasn't like he wasn't this god tier catcher who came in like Buster Posey and you know the Giants rode him to a championship. He's a player with projection and he could do great things. He could do mediocre things. We're still not sure. Maybe it's worth getting a guy like Betts to see if you can extend them to target those ultra, ultra special players and, you know, maybe make a deal that's a little bit riskier. Well, you said Buster Posey, and I was like, I hadn't even thought about that guy in a while, man. This lineup was pretty good this year. He's going to be in that lineup next year coming back. So uh, one other guy I want to talk about just real quick in the in the pitching staff on the way out here is Tyler Beatty. This is an interesting one. He was a, a first-rounder. We'd seen flashes. I want to, I want to say he had a Real good outing against Jacob deGrom, like outdueled deGrom a couple of years ago, and maybe his signature moment at the big league level, but he missed all last season with Tommy John, and it was kind of a lost year anyway. But just sort of wondering your thoughts on him and, and how big of a nod you think he'll get this year. I am constantly forgetting about him. When I'm doing my rotation previews and, and trying to figure out free agency, I, I forget that he's going to be available at some point next season. I would think the Giants are cautiously optimistic, and they would like him for depth. They would like him to force the issue, whether uh, he's healthy in spring or maybe uh, as in, in that Tyler Anderson role. Because remember, the Giants signed Tyler Anderson knowing he was going to miss April, knowing he was going to miss May, not knowing that the world was going to miss April and May. But they might have Beatty in mind for that, a guy who can come up in June and give them depth, give them uh, maybe uh, take some of the innings that an overburdened starter might be throwing. Uh, he might be in the plans for this year, but you just can't count on it. I mean, he was erratic before he got hurt. The fastball was playing up in spring. He was looking like a, a different pitcher, but you just got to wait and see with him, I think. 
Yeah, he's an exciting one. The one I also think about, too, is Reyes Maranta. If you're talking about back-end relief guys or closers, if he can get healthy, he was a, a guy who, coming in with guys on base last year or two years ago, was fantastic, I thought. Yeah, and at the the kind of post-mortem end-of-the-season press conference, both Kapler and Zaidi were saying, you know, it was close. They were on the edge of getting him up for that, that final week, those final couple of weeks in September. It just wasn't fair to throw him into that position. You know, he wasn't quite as polished as he, he might have needed to be. And when you're dealing with shoulders, shoulders aren't as cut and dry as elbows sometimes. And, and you're wondering, you know, if, if you're going to put too much stress on him, if, if you're going to, if his fastball is still not where it needs to be. And they ultimately decided against it. And I understand that, but you forget about him because if that fastball's back, he was looking like a late inning weapon. Yeah, he looked really good. I think he's uh, probably in the mix, depending on on how spring and the next season goes at the beginning uh, for for that closers role. So, Grant, thanks so much, man. I got my baseball fix in. This is great. I'll probably hit you up again around Christmas, man. Try to get a little more more action after the winter meetings. Keep refreshing. Maybe I have a new article posted. (laughs) All right, good stuff. (laughs) Thanks a lot, man. All right, thanks, man. Always fun talking Giants baseball with Grant Brisby. And, yeah, that that article that he wrote back, uh, it must have been 10, 15 years ago, writing for McCovey Chronicles. And I uh, I was all disheveled reading about Giants news in the middle of December, just trying to get my hopes up about a big signing. And it, it might have been that same offseason that they signed Barry Zito right before the 07 season, the final year of Barry Bonds. Thank you to Grant. Thank you to Brian. And thank you to you, the listener. Hope everybody had a nice, safe holiday weekend. We're back with you this week with plenty of sports news across the Bay Area. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you're listening to us. We've got plenty more for you this week. Hope everybody had a nice, safe holiday weekend. We will be back with you on Wednesday with more of the best stories in Bay Area sports.